Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front End Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portson here with you. Allison Lucan is here. Tom Reed is here. Uh, We have news in Blue Jackets land. Uh, I wanted to start with the minor league defenseman today, but that's not going to happen. Matt Duchesne has been traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets. A massive trade that gets the uh, trade deadline uh, really rolling. Lots of ramifications from this deal. Lots of possible ramifications from this deal. Uh, and quickly, the deal. Uh, the Blue Jackets get Duchesne. They also get a minor league defenseman. And Julius Bergman is his name. He's been twice traded this year from San Jose to Ottawa as part of the Mike Hoffman deal. Now from from uh, Ottawa to Columbus. The Blue Jackets part with two forward prospects, Vitaly Abramov and Jonathan Davidson. They also send a first-round draft pick in 2019 and a conditional draft pick in 2020. Now, in essence, the two the two draft picks are, are both conditional in some way. The, this year's draft pick, the first-rounder, is protected in the event that the Blue Jackets miss the playoffs, God forbid, and should finish with the top three picks somehow in the lottery. In, in that event, the Blue Jackets would not part with that first round draft pick to Ottawa, there would be another first round pick going to the senators. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how that would work because the 2020 first round draft pick uh, is also conditional. And that is if the blue jackets sign Matt Duchesne to a long-term contract, then they also part with the 2020 first round draft pick. Um, let's first get thoughts 
on this. Um, my personal thought is it's a hell of a deal. Uh, you knew the first round draft picks were going to be part of this. You knew that that it was either going to be a second first round draft pick or probably a roster player with the Blue Jackets. They did not want to part with uh, any of their key guys, certainly. But to give up two prospects, Vitaly Abramov, Jonathan Davidson, certainly promising young players. I don't think anybody expected them to crack uh, the Blue Jackets lineup soon or to be difference-making players at any point uh, for the team. So for me, that it, it seems like a really uh, great trade for the Blue Jackets. But I think the enormity and the sort of greatness of this trade will be determined uh, by whether the Blue Jackets can sign Duchesne or not. Uh, let's first get... Uh, it, just your thoughts uh, on this trade, Tom. You are in Ottawa. What do you think of this trade? We can talk about the ramifications of it after. Well, they're certainly in go-for-it mode, aren't they? At least for now. We'll see We'll see what happens. One of the hard things to assess here, of course, is um, what else happens. You know, what, what other shoes drop? Is Are they going to keep Panarin now? Uh, one might assume so. Or would they? are they going to end up moving him? Because I think one thing we'll get into is... By making this deal, Yarmo has also helped set the market, strengthen the market for Panarin because one uh, one of the big chips is off the table and is now with the Blue Jackets. But I agree with you on initial take. It's They are in go-for-it mode. And uh, it was funny today in the news conferences, uh, uh, someone asked Tortorella uh, a, a basically a point of question about, you know, the trade deadline's coming up and you guys are going to be moving players. He's going, who are we moving? Who are we moving? And when you look back at now, it's pretty funny. Uh, and Kim Atkinson was the same way. It's like, we might as well go for it. And this was this was about 20 minutes before word started leaking out of this deal. So, again, I think we'll see – we'll have a better idea Monday after 3 o'clock when all the pieces have moved what this whole thing is going to look like. But certainly an exciting day. And Aaron uh, and Allison, we've both been talking for months about the need to getting a center in here, a legitimate center – big-time center, they have one now. Allison? Yeah, I mean, I, I, Tom said so many of the things I would say as well. I, I will say, obviously, I think it's it's an interesting risk to bring in a third unsigned, unrestricted free agent, right? Um, I think that that raises the stakes of, of what this organization is gunning for here. But, um, you know, I, I, I poked around, too, on, on some of these prospects, to your point, Aaron, and and a, a good source of mine was pointing out that, you know, Davidson has actually taken kind of a step back this year. This is a player the organization was really high on. I mean, even going deep into this year's camp. Um, but his, his points have taken a dive. For, if you rate those out, his, even with his time going up, um, his underlying numbers have gotten a little weaker. So there, it's, it's perhaps a different player than maybe we last heard about when we had him here in Columbus. Um, and Abramov, who I know is an exciting player, someone we've all shared enthusiasm about, is is also not really finding ice time. So to your point, the price is is surprising. Um, and and quite frankly, from just a sheer managing the deadline and negotiation perspective, as Tom said, I love the tactic of saying we're willing to pay this. So if you want Panarin, what are you going to pay for him? Um, just a a really chips on the table ballsy move quite frankly in my opinion yeah uh well so the the blue jackets have made the trade official now not that anybody needed that uh matt duchene has released a statement just now on twitter uh thanking ottawa the city the fans uh seems to be a nice letter he by all accounts is a nice 
young man. Um, you both have, have hinted at this. I, I think there has been a response from many uh, in the media that, uh, boy, the Blue Jackets are going for it now. And, and, and it certainly could be that way. But they have not taken Artemi Panarin uh, off the board, off the market, per se. I don't know that they're dangling him out there. I think they're waiting for a an offer that blows them away. But I don't I don't think this this is a reckless move. If this is just them uh, taking three UFAs in, I mean they're not even in a playoff spot as of this morning. Now certainly Duchesne makes them significantly better. Um, but you know I, I'm not sure that Panarin is here still at 3:01 on Monday. It will take a hell of a hell of a, an offer, and I think the Blue Jackets may follow that trade up with yet something else uh, to help benefit not not a, a big time stone type player, but a guy they could get for sort of a moderate um, draft pick or prospect. Derek Broussard, um, who knows where, who some of these other guys are that may be available. I don't think they're done yet, but I don't think they're done with with Panarin either. Uh, and Bobrovsky is a whole different thing. I don't think Bobrovsky has anything to do with what happened today. I don't think there's any any change in that. Um, what do you? I mean, the, you, know, you guys, you mentioned Tom Cam Atkinson saying, "Why not go for it?" That's players always want to go for it, but the GM sits in a totally different chair. And if if nothing changes, if this is if they keep Panarin, Duchesne, and Bobrovsky uh, through the trade deadline and how how big of how big of a risk how bold is Jarmo Kekalainen and how how reckless is this in your mind Allison let's go first with you yeah I mean I I think it's I mean we I think even at the beginning of the season we all kind of said they certainly can't say damn the torpedoes right and if if all three stay this is damn the torpedoes amplified Plus a new torpedo, right? Yeah, here's a new torpedo. I, I mean, it, like I said, I think it's if I look at this in the context of setting up the negotiations for Panarin, I love it. If I look at this in the context of damn the torpedoes, I don't think I'm as big of a fan um, because you have to look at the longevity of the franchise. Even Tortorella tells us this, right? It's not just about the team in front of me now. It's about the team in front of me next year and down the road. And to deplete the pipeline with two more players going away and then even a first round pick with a team that doesn't have a surplus of picks and then to potentially, I mean, yes, you're going to have cap space at the end of this year if you hold on to everybody, but you're not going to have picks. And that's a really big risk, in my opinion. Yeah. Tom, uh, weigh in on this, The just the risk involved. Yeah, it's, it's huge, obviously. But I think, to, to your point, Aaron, that you were making in a, a recent podcast, uh, this is all of this was going to be extremely complex, right? And you couldn't really do it all in one day. I think one objective that right. they did, what they did, did get done today is they the first big piece has been moved. In other words, they, they, brought, they brought in Duchesne, who, of course, we've talked about. He was rumored that maybe this was being one of the teams that they were interested in. So that's done. So now Yarmo can move, go on and make, make other corresponding moves. I, I, I mean, I agree with both of you. I, I just can't imagine him keeping all three of these guys through uh, 
three o'clock on Monday, and I, I think I think we both agree that all or you two agree with me that Bob. I don't think Bob is going anywhere. So it's going to be when does Panarin get moved and what does he get moved for? And as we said, by the fact that Yarmo picked up another, one of the other big pieces and has two of the big pieces of the teams wanted, that could help them maybe drive up the price for for uh, Panarin. And in and, and that way, it's really good. I think all the really hot takes are going to have to wait until Monday on this. Oh, the hot takes never wait, Tom. You know that. <laughs> well, you know, well I, should, I should say that the legitimate, the legitimate takes yeah. are really, really good uh, reason takes. Yeah, and, uh, and I to that point, I, we've talked about this too, and, and I've said to both of you, independent, I may have even said it here, that I was worried that they were running out of time to make the moves, as Tom illustrated, in the sequence that was most beneficial to the organization. And kudos to them for, for getting this first shoe to drop so that now they can operate, in my opinion, from a position of power with the Panarin move, like you've illustrated in your primer of, of this deadline, Aaron. Yeah, I love that aspect of it, because even if they if they do choose to, to move Panarin now, you have two now d- difference-making forwards on the market. I mean, there's some good mar- there's some good players there, too. Kevin Hayes is a hell of a player. But, I mean, like elite, top six, bona fide, maybe even top line guys. And now there are two. Uh, Stone and, and you could say the same about Ottawa, where they've moved one of their guys out. So now, you know, scarcity lifts prices. We know this. Um, n- now Columbus is in the driver's seat, where if you want Panarin, step up. Uh, but they don't have to worry about the the sort of follow up trade on that. Now they've got their guy, and, and Duchesne does make them better. We can get to that in a second. Duchesne has uh, tweeted at the Blue Jackets. Can't wait to get started. Excited to join such a great team. Let's get in a spot. I assume he means playoff spot and go for a run. So, uh, you know, they're, they're good attitude there. Uh, one wrinkle we're trying to figure out here, Matt Duchesne, where's number nine? <laughs> You'll note that at least for the next few days, that number is occupied. Um, so I'm not sure if he, where he goes or if, uh, you know, the guy on the way out of town might be compelled to give it up. We shall see. Um, but he is expected to play for night tonight for the Blue Jackets. Duchesne is uh, walking down the hallway at Canadian Tire Center and uh, loading up his his gear in a new room and yeah. flying off to uh, to Columbus. Yeah, the note on that. It, from- it was interesting. It was interesting that he was there today. He walked right by us. Duchesne walked right by us earlier this morning. Uh, the, the Blue Jackets were at the building. Not very many went on the ice, but they had a team meeting. And right before the team meeting. Here comes Matt Duchesne walking down the hallway toward the Senators area. So we were kind of waiting to see if he'd come back. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and one, one note on that jersey number, a, a colleague who's written at The Athletic for us before, Mike Comito, um, noted that uh, in junior, Duchesne switched to 95. Um, so, he, so that might be what we see him in. And, hey, then you just have to potentially take a number off, right, <laughs> as opposed yeah. to a whole new thing. Right, and I just I heard from a fellow GM today that absolutely loves the trade from Columbus's perspective, loves it, and termed it like this. It doesn't think either of those prospects is going to be a significant player in the NHL, and also doesn't think the Blue Jackets can sign can sign Duchesne. So he said, e- even if all those things come to be, they got a a top six centerman for a first round draft pick. You'll do that any day. Hmm. So. Now they got him for six weeks, 
right? And they better make a run. But, um, well, you know, Tom, we, we've talked at length about this. All of us have. Where does Duchesne slot, in your opinion? What becomes of Boone Jenner, who has played center um, for a few months now and played very well? How do you think he fit? What, what's Duchesne's fit here? Uh, I'm asking you to look into the into the uh, the crystal ball a little bit here. I just I just think this guy, from a speed standpoint, uh, his compete level, his faceoff wins, he checks a lot of the boxes of, that this team needs. Yeah, that, uh, that that now that does fall on John Tortorella to see. I I think tonight they probably keep their first line together, uh, but at some point does Duchesne just slide right in there? And again, who's going to be playing on the left side here in in a couple of days? So I think it's 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 still a little premature to say where he's going to fit in. But you you know the other guy that this obviously impacts. I don't know if long term, but short term is Alexander Wenberg. I mean, yeah. he's he's going to he's get he's he's going to be down the lineup again. I think I don't know. That's a very interesting question. At least tonight, I, I don't. I think maybe they'll experiment a little bit. The other thing we have to remember is this Ottawa team is like a almost like a minor league team right now. They, they they're sitting. They were sitting up their three big guys. Obviously, Duchesne's gone now. Duchesne's a Blue Jacket. The other two guys are still sitting out. This has to be two points for the Blue Jackets tonight. And I I would would not be surprised to see Tortorella just kind of use this game to experiment a little bit and move him around and see, see where, where he's most effective. But I still think because you're not sure what Panarin's doing, everything is just kind of in pencil right now. Yeah. And I mean, you know what, if they keep Duchesne and they lose Panarin, uh, Boone Jenner goes to the wing and I grant you, they're not as sexy as they are with Panarin on the left side, but they are more than capable um, and certainly competitive. I don't think it's the end of the world now if you lose don't, Panarin. Thoughts on don't that? You, don't you think, uh, real quickly, don't you think that they probably end up adding somebody, even if they lose Panarin, one of these other free agents that are out there, potentially? I could see like a Matt Zuccarello maybe coming in here. Uh, I don't, again, I don't know what Zuccarello's market is, but he would be someone to me that would might make sense. Yeah, well, even if they keep Panarin through the trade deadline, they go into next summer, I think they've got an abundance of time uh, to add a left winger through free agency, through trade at the draft, yada, yada. Um, I don't think it's I don't think losing Panarin now feels like the end of the world. Allison. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think I think it's going to be an adjustment. I mean, because that first line is going to have to play differently. And we saw a little bit of that last game, right, without uh Panarin there on the left to help create space and, and create plays, Dubois and Atkinson have to create a little bit differently. So I think the the production might change, um, the way that the lines operate and look will change. But it's as we as Tom already said, as we've alluded, depth down the center is so huge for this team, and now they have it. Yeah, uh, Duchesne will wear number ninety five tonight. Blue Jackets. There you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, geez, what the hell else is going on, Tom? Ryan Murray's out. What's the next? What's the Blue Jackets' next play? What should their next play be? We're, we've talked nothing but forwards here. Um, I'm a little worried about Ryan Murray and his back, um, and you wonder where that's going to go as these games get more intense. It almost feels like the need that was there, uh, we think, previously has only been – uh, amplified now and, and that for a depth defense, which I think could be in the works. I don't think 
Yermo is not done by any stretch of the imagination. Um, your thoughts, let's go to you, Allison, first, just on them acquiring a defenseman. And what kind of defenseman uh, do they need? Mm, that's that's a really good part of the question, isn't it? I think they definitely need defense. We thought they did before. They definitely do now if Murray is out any bit of long-term. Um, he's been arguably one of their top two best defensemen this season, in my perspective. Um, what do they need? That's a really good question. I, mm, I, I feel like they need, gosh, they need more of what they have, but with physicality, perhaps giving up a little bit of the puck movement and offensive mind bolstered with some physicality and, and, and size. I think that that's, we saw them go strongly in that direction with Ian Cole uh, last year. I think they can, they could go that way. I think they'd, they'd like to have a little bit more of an offensive mind in that, but um, it definitely can't be a, a smaller, more active defenseman. They've got to go a little bit more heavy and, and people who know me are going to laugh that I'm even saying that, but yes, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, but this, this will live on and in, in for many years to come. Uh, Tom, who is she talking about? I would think she's talking about Adam McQuaid. Aha. Former Blue Jacket, right? He was he was there for a hot minute. Yeah, never played for the club, but a draft pick, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're if that's what you're kind of looking for, a, a heavier type of a game, I think the Rangers have been real happy with him this year. And I yeah. do think they're going to move him. Uh, he's really helped their younger defensemen, uh, particularly Brady Shea. Uh, obviously has experience winning a cup. Uh, is plenty of playoff experience. I don't know. I mean, if that is that's that if that's a possibility, but that's a guy that uh, if you want to kind of go that direction, that would be one guy to think of. Yeah, well, it's definitely a possibility. He's on the market, and I don't think he's that expensive either. Uh, I think he could be had for a rather middling prospect that the Rangers happen to like. So I think uh, the Cleveland, the glut of players in Cleveland, may be alleviated this this trade deadline. Yes. Um, yeah. We shall. <laughs> yeah. So Abramov was on the ice this morning and was pulled off um, and was hugging teammates saying so long. Um, never easy, but but uh, I suspect we'll see see potentially more of that. Hey, poor he, He's coming home. He's coming home, by the way. He obviously uh, played his junior, all of his junior hockey, moved over to Gatineau. Gatineau. He's right across from, from um, Ottawa. So I think he'll be happy and get a new chance to probably get in the lineup and play and come back to where his billet family is. Yeah. Allison, you were saying? Yeah. Let me ask you this, Porty. Do you think, I mean, we've talked about this angle so much with, with Bobrovsky and, and with Duchesne still currently unsigned, does the eighth year hold weight for this player? Do you think, or is he in a situation more like Panarin where it's not so much? What's your, what's your take there? Well, I think he's 28 years old. So yeah, I think eight years would be, would be quite uh, meaningful. Yeah, I mean, because I don't think anybody wants to hit the free agent market at 35, right? True. True. Um, so yeah, and and Columbus obviously would would be prepared to go there. And let's say this too. I mean, he is he is by all accounts an exceptional athlete. Yes. Has never the, him not being in shape has never been an issue. Um, he's one of those like chronic hard workers. That if anything, they have to dial him back. It was noted, at least early in his career, I don't know where he's at now, but it was noted for, for being one of the fastest skaters in the game. 
um, has played for Team Canada in the Olympics, which should tell you something because that's not an easy lineup to crack. Um, but was really off to having is off to having his best season in the league this yeah. year. He's at 58 points. It almost matches his total from last year with with a 30 with 25 six games to go here. Um, his best year was probably 13 14 in Colorado, where he had 70 points. Uh, so he could certainly get there. This is the first time he's been a point a game guy. Yeah. Uh, so th- this is a difference making player. Um, I think on a real on a good team, he's a number one. I think on a really good team, he can be either a one or a two. The other thing I like about this is, you know, for all and we haven't seen any signs of this, but but for Pierre Luc Dubois to just come right into the league as a number one center, uh, I still think a young guy like that needs somebody to constantly push him. And I don't think Jenner's a threat to take that spot as good as he's played. Wenberg uh, has given no fight, no resistance to just turning over the number one job and the number two job and has settled into that third line spot. Simply he's only on the, in the lineup because he's defensively responsible. This, this pushes, I think in the right direction, this pushes Dubois forward and it pushes some other guys back, which I, I think is is really really important for this team. Tom, absolutely, absolutely, Aaron. I, I think it's a it's a good point by you. Uh, and you know, if he's only here six weeks and maybe a, a little bit of time into the playoffs, it's still, I think that's uh, you know, you, you do need young guys have to be pushed, and it can't just be John Tortorella taking him out of the lineup occasionally like we saw in Montreal the other night. I mean, it has to be, you have to feel that threat. Yeah. Because right now he can say, all right, what are you going to do? Who's coming in here instead? Uh, because there, as we've talked before, there are limited marquee players here. And if you, you don't want to end up maybe, and not taking away anything from the other guys, you don't want to be end up playing with some of those guys. If you, if you, if you're, if you really consider yourself a number one uh, center uh, or want to be a number one center long term in this league. So, yeah, I think that coaches are always looking for competition, and this certainly will get it. And of course, uh, another guy on the power play. Ah, oh, the power mm. play. I, oh, mean, I wonder power. if he's got Marty St. Louis' number yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As uh, one of my smart ass uh, folks around the league says, he's going to fit in great with the Blue Jackets. He hasn't been out of the first round either. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, Shane, he's only played eight playoff games. Uh, his first year in the league with Colorado, and then not again until 13, 14, and nothing since. He has been on some bad teams. Um, so this this will be a new thing for him. Yeah, um, and to, to that point, too, you know, Porty, you were talking about how good he's playing. Look at the team he's he's been on this year to, in context yeah. of those career numbers. And what's even more impressive is the way he's playing. His underlying numbers, now defensively he's taken a hit, which I think – Makes sense, again, given what's been around him this season. But offensively, he's having some career years in offensive production in terms of how he's playing. Scoring chances, second most of his career. Shot attempts for most of of his career, second most of his career. I mean, that's crazy when you look at the context of where he's been. Yeah, and I know nobody likes this stat, um, but he is minus two on a team that is minus forever, minus yeah. 37 as a team. <laughs> that says something too. That the damage, the damage being done is not when he's on the ice. Correct. 
Yeah. Um, Tom, you're going to get Yarmo at 5 o'clock today. Yes. Sounds um, exciting. It's, it's, it, what a, what a, it's, it is an exciting day to be here. Yeah, it's great. Um, so pepper him with all pepper him with all sorts of. I know how you, you like to work. You're you're Columbo, man. You always got that that one more thing, Yarmo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Back to high performance tonight. Well, I got to tell you, uh, all my 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 suitcase, my Brini Maxwell suitcase has had to be bring to the ring the last couple of days, and I've been ridiculed for that. So. I'm ready to start. I'm start ready to start hammering some other people now. Oh, it's your turn. It's your turn. It is my turn. Well, enjoy your. We'll keep uh, running away here. Um, sorry for my voice and my the constant sneezing in the background. If you can hear it, uh, fighting through it right now. Allison, thanks for being with us. As we've said, if if something pops up here and there's a need uh, with big news over the weekend, we'll definitely definitely uh, consider doing a podcast uh, on Monday on trade deadline day. Um, so thanks for listening. Anything else we need to get to? Tom um, Murray is out tonight. Hannah Kynan's out. Um, what else is going on tonight, lineup-wise? Uh, well, everything you know, everything's going to be changed around. Not right. Uh, there's, there's probably that means if, 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 uh, if Duchesne's in, someone else is coming out. Sure. So uh, we'll have to wait for you know, and we may not know because John Tartarello already spoke to the media. So uh, we may not know until they actually go on the ice who the other person who is coming out of the lineup. Oh, warm-ups are going to be huge tonight, Tom. Oh, huge, massive! The oh, line rushes. It's going to be an going to be an interesting uh, going to be an interesting evening for sure. So and an exciting evening. So yeah, that's what it's all about. Allison, any final thoughts? I just wanted to give a shout out in the the midst of what's a crazy couple of days. Tom did a great piece uh, today on on what is really powering. Seth Jones production and ability to just step into a first pair role, even from a minutes perspective, it's pretty crazy what he's doing the way Tom broke it down. And if you need a lull, take a chance, read that. It's really good stuff out there. Yeah. And Allison wrote a nice piece uh, about the goalie depth, which is something to keep in mind here. Yes. Oh, very, very pertinent, a very pertinent story. Yeah. So. Should, uh, should Bobrovsky be moved? Uh, and you're wondering where is this all going to be turned over to? I still think there's a chance they go uh, free agent, bridge here end of this season and, and maybe through next just in case but um, but that's a really good look at the blue jackets depth and uh, what it could what it could look like here in the next couple of years goaltending wise so thanks for listening to us thanks for watching those post games tom will be post game tonight from ottawa and we will be with you tomorrow the blue jackets are home to san jose uh so this will be interesting we'll talk to you soon take care